This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome to Waterfowl Thursday. It's about 12 hours after we recorded Waterfowl Wednesday, which um, I'm not going to apologize for it, but I'm going to, there's a reason we're doing another one 12 hours later, right, Dale? Uh, yeah, it's pretty, if you listen to the first one, if you listen to Waterfall Wednesday, uh, all the way through till the end, you will, <laughs> you will understand why we're doing a, uh, I'm not really call it a part two, more of a, um, what would it be, like a refined version, a refinition, is that a real word? I just made a word. A refinition? Yeah, I think I just made a word. I don't know, dude. Um, basically, that episode fucking sucked because there's a guy banging a hammer in the background. <laughs> I'm all tired and stuff. I don't even really want to do it. I feel like both of us, honestly, were like somewhat distracted, and it was like it was honestly it was. Awkward. I don't even want to. I don't even want to <laughs> talk about the same shit. Like, I, you just told me that you were studying like the B pop survey, so we could talk. Well, I don't even want to talk about. It. I don't even want nothing to remind me of yesterday's podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about shooting teal in the face or something like that. I'm totally down with that. Uh, you know what? Let's let's do that. I, total. This is literally an impromptu, uh, non-scripted change in programming. Because I was going to talk about the, do a deep dive kind of into the waterfall survey, but um, I agree. Well, I'm glad you read it. Let's let's not do that. Uh, for <laughs> real, I'm just going to touch on it real quick. I think everybody should actually don't just do the like Ducks Unlimited or Outdoor Life, you know, where they show you the the one graph and the one layout. Actually, go to the the legit place 
and um, read the the full PDF because it's like really really um, interesting. It's really cool too, and it's like. You know when some guys say, like, you know, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, no, they don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. And then you, like, take one glance at the amount of work that went into creating a 76 – it's a summary. It's a 76-page summary of the work they did. And you're like, I'm pretty sure they've got a better fucking clue of what's going on <laughs> than you do. <laughs> well, and they, you know? not only that, but they tell you like kind of, they tell you how they do it, like airplanes, helicopters, the areas yes. they look at, and there was a couple yes. curious things in there. So maybe for like next week, we'll do the deep dive because there are some things I want to talk about in there. But I agree. Let's talk about Gosh, shooting shit. teal kinda, in the face. But now you kind of sparked my curiosity, and I want to know what you saw. <laughs> 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 we weren't supposed to do this. I know. Well, but now I was well, gonna stir. I, I'm gonna I, tease. I wanna I'm gonna no. Here, no. I'm gonna tease you and the listeners for next week. I'm gonna stir. I'm actually gonna play a little devil's advocate, and I'm gonna stir like the duck hunter conspiracy pot a little bit. And then, yeah. Okay. So it'll be Let's fun. It. It'll be a good one. No, you gotta tune in next week. No, dude. Let's talk about it now. <laughs> no, I don't want to. People are gonna be busy hunting next week. No, or will they? No, they no, won't no, no. be yet. No, they won't be. Won't they be. will be in most states. Like uh, next Thursday. Yes, the most first. Most states open up. Correct. Not Minnesota. I don't like how Minnesota does that. Wait, when do you take off to Kanata? Um, in two days. I sleep at home tonight. <sighs> sleep at home tonight. I was just gonna say maybe we should plan. Then the next night, on, on the goose opener in Wisconsin. But if you're not gonna be here. Dude, no, I uh, I just got a text from Ben Webster, too. He says he's already got a banger honker feed lined up for September 1st. Sweet. Go, Everybody rush to Canada, promote our boy Nick J here. Go hunting. We got some, I think we got some last-minute spots open at Prairie Limits Outfitters in Neilburg, Saskatchewan. And somebody wanted to reach out to me and get the dates and the prices. I'm pretty sure they're on a discount because they're at last minute. And if you want to go to... Um, Waterfowl Paradise. I call it the big show, you know? It's the big show. It's like the difference between the NBA and the WNBA. The big show. <laughs> um, all right, so let's go to let, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abandon this just to uh, – no 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 no, 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 no. I want to fucking hear what you're talking oh, about. With this. Now I want to know. You tease it too good is what you just did. I know, but that, that means that's good for next week. That's how this works. Stop. Nah, I, I'm all about immediate gratification. <laughs> but I also want to talk about teal because I I have some questions. I'm not an yeah, ex- wanna... I'm not an expert teal guy. So... We'll get to teal. Oh my god! All right, I'm, here here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna give I'm gonna I'm gonna tease um, the 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 pot stirring, and then and then I'm gonna abandon it. So when I was looking into and so this will tease everybody to, to – this is their homework, to go and look at the actual survey, the PDF, read the whole thing, and see if you find certain things like iPhone. So the one thing – You lost me. You lost me at homework. The, <laughs> it's, not really, it's not really homework, but I just want people to actually read the whole thing and not do the lazy DU whatever. But in, in reading like how they do the surveys and where they do the surveys, there were some places omitted – because they couldn't do the surveys like they used to could 
and so they had to make a basically they did like mathematical adjustments so like there's a there's huge areas that they didn't survey because of wind farms so solar and wind farms so what they had to do is like they surveyed the areas around it and then were like okay we assume if this is this then this is this and then they put that in their equations cuz really the oh, whole, no the whole survey thing is just a is it's guesswork really cuz it's, yeah, like, like it's not like yeah like complex like math formulas correct, and stuff correct it's not like they're going the Lincoln up, estimate yeah they're not counting individual ducks you know so they're doing the best they can i had another question I'm, i really and i they list like the biologists in this and i think i'm going to reach out to some of them i'd love to get them on the podcast because i i have questions um like when it comes to golden eyes and mergansers and other cavity nesting ducks how does how are they doing that are they sir is it after they leave the nest so they can actually see the brood because not I like think you can... actually surveying cavity nesting ducks in the does it have those species listed? I know it has yeah. a lot of species listed, but it has like golden eyes and mergansers. Yeah. Yep, golden eyes and mergansers, okay. and they're I think they might even be kind of like grouped together in the same kind of category. It didn't say nesting ducks per se, but that's what I kind of gathered from it. Um, so what it looks like in a real quick snapshot, it looks like all the the puddle ducks that everybody wants to get are down a little bit, and all the ducks you don't want are generally up. So you're going to have a great, <laughs> this looks like a great season coming up for shovelers and hooded mergansers. So <laughs> you got, hell that. yeah. So you got that. I love shovelers. I do um, too. <laughs> you know, what the, one thing that I thought was, uh, that stood out to me. Um, and this is just going off of the simple, like ducks unlimited chart that they came out with is how much, how high redheads were. But yeah. there, there's also a podcast, uh, the ducks unlimited podcast, from uh, the midwinter survey in Texas, where the guy was like astonished by how many redheads they saw in Texas. Hmm. And um, he said in that podcast, it's like, yeah, we're using the Lincoln estimate or whatever estimate they use. Like, so they count a certain number of ducks from the plane or whatever. And then they use that math to figure out how many ducks there were. But they said in that podcast, like it was, the best redhead viewing conditions that we've ever had. So we think our redhead estimate is much higher than um, the re actual redhead count. Because he's like, I think we saw so many redheads that are possible to be seen, you know? So maybe the math, like, would overestimate the population because just we counted so many. Sure. So you had that guy saying that in Texas in January, and now you have this May survey also saying, like, redheads are through the roof it might be time to book that trip to mexico for those redhead Ooh. some of those redhead outfitters yeah, where you that can would shoot be cool. like 100 a day <laughs> and you're gonna get good plumed out ones too oh yeah like uh many moons I, ago I, I shot a good one in north dakota and i don't know okay. why i should have put it on the wall and i didn't but that texas coast gets just fucking crazy good redhead hunting and i think you can shoot two of them and all you gotta do is just cross that board yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it you're you're already on the south texas coast you know if you're thinking about doing that now all you gotta do is get up into mexico and now you can shoot a hundred you know that's <laughs> crazy i don't know how many you can shoot yeah, but in, it's, in yeah, mexico it's gonna be more than what you can in 
Yeah, and I have seen pictures of dudes in airboats that were about to sink with how many redheads were in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, was, uh, that does sound fun. Yes, it does. Well, so, looking, like, I don't know. I'm looking at the uh, cheap D, um, DU one right now, and so I'm going to abandon this, and we're moving on into teal because blue wing teal are percent change from the long-term average plus 27 percent that's a lot it for 2019 it was 5.4 million in 2022 6.5 that's cool that's the other thing on those graphs is there's that little gap it's the covid gap like you know the, yeah, yeah, their whole yeah, thing I saw a, that. yeah there's a little gap and then where they are now which was, which was kind of cool but all right blue that wing cool. teal so i want to actually do this this year i'm making a point and i'm going to go early teal season i've never done it i want to do it I might try to combine, you know, early goose with it, but my primary focus, at least for one time out, is going to be for teal. But I honestly don't really know what I should be looking for, as far as I like. I think you should be looking for shallow. Yeah. And here's a here's a question. I don't know either because I've never gone out and specifically targeted blue wing teal in our area. So the first thing that comes to mind is I want to get as far south in Minnesota as I possibly can. Okay. And I probably want to get as far west as I possibly can, right? Southwest corner of the state. All right. That's maybe. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense. There's already teal like chilling in Cuba right now. You know, like they are making their way south. But at the same time, the number one duck bagged on our opening day is bluing teal. So you don't necessarily have to be really far south. But that southwest corner of Minnesota is pretty heavy prairie pothole region. Yeah, and even uh, even mid October, because I remember I went on a a mid October diver hunt solo, and I was going off of my a theory I have of this like the calendar migration. Well, I mean it's not a theory; there is a calendar migration for certain divers, but I have a theory of, of, course. of when they like when they move. But anyways, so I took advantage of that day, and I was seeing big flocks of ducks move around, but they were blueing teal, and I'm talking like. The mega mega flocks of blue wingers, like I sh- I shot into a couple of flocks that were like fifty strong, easy. They're probably hundreds. I don't know. It's hard to like. I was just like, holy crap! And I passed on them. I passed up like a few times that they just mobbed my decoys because I wasn't there for teal. I wanted to shoot some divers, but I couldn't resist the one time. And I think I shot like three or four out of one one flock. It was like one shot. It was. Because that's like how they do it, you know. They just ball up when they fly. Right. It's like so. It's it's fun. Um, so mid October they're still around, but I want to do the early thing. So when I'm driving around, just doing whatever life stuff, I'm seeing blue wing teal, but I'm seeing like to me it looks like I don't know one or two family groups and like a little swampy ditch filled with duckweed. You know, it's like well I'm not I'm not gonna set up there. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, I would. Well, I mean, you could, but <laughs> I feel like you're gonna Why be. Not, I feel dude? like you're gonna be one and done. Like if that flock comes back, then it's like you shoot into one flock and and that's it. You know, and also, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's. I feel like blue wing might be like pigeons, like where you see a few of them in a little hole, but also they migrate so fast. Right. I don't know, man. And I you say think, if you and, just get yourself. Honestly, I'm looking at like I'm looking at Google Earth right now, just like in the southwest corner of Minnesota. That shit is drained, man. Maybe that shit used to be the prairie pothole region, but I'm not seeing like a bunch of teal holes. I'm seeing a bunch of farm fields and 
and farmhouses. Well, here's the other the other caveat for this year is that even though we had a really wet spring and early summer, shit's dry right now. Like lake, right. lake levels and river levels are way down. So I, I'm, it's just going to come down to scouting, I think. But like you said, they migrate. So who knows? You know, you find something the day before, and if the weather conditions are right and the teal make their move, it just resets the chessboard, right? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I, honestly, just if it were me, if I was around to go teal hunting this year, I'd probably fall back on going to the Ortonville, Wheaton area, Clinton area. There's so much public land. There's so like there's there's tons of waterfall production areas and WMAs, and there's places where you can actually go hunt, and it's it's actually good prairie pothole territory in that region. And I just that'd probably be the first place I start. So I just, if that didn't work, I'd probably go up to the Detroit Lakes, Fergus Falls area. I just uh. Uh, did a search for like tips on early teal. Got a uh, a DU article. I'm just gonna scan it. But this is already talking about Louisiana. But the thing I found um, interesting, he's like, there's already shit tons of them in Louisiana by early teal season, which means yeah, they are really migrating early. Well, I was talking to the like the guides when I went. I hunted teal September 13th and on the Gulf coast of, uh, Louisiana, like basically in the Gulf of Mexico. That was 2020. I was like, so when did the teal start showing up? And they're like, like August 15th, August 20th, teal show up like a little bit. And he's like, then you get really big pushes around like September one, you know, when everybody has their youth waterfall day. Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, you got to think too, they're coming all the way from Alaska and what did you call that? Like, I don't know the if blue wings do nest that far. I don't think they do. I think uh, that's a prairie nesting duck. Because what do we get sure. nest? What do we get nesting in Minnesota? Mallards and blue wings. Are you typing right now? I'm going. I don't know what that ticking noise was. It wasn't typing, but I am typing. All right. All right. Let's find out. Blue I want to prove you wrong. Me too. Uh, nesting map, or would it be breeding map? Maybe I don't know. Mm-mm. I'm seeing mm-hmm. I'm seeing mm-hmm. into Alaska. You're not. You're yes, fucking lying. No, I'm not. All right, you're probably right. Breeding. Maybe those yep. are the ones we shoot in opening day is the Alaska ones making their way down. So it's almost all of Canada, except for like, you know, the Pacific Northwest, the actual mountains of there's a couple pockets, it looks like, on the west side of what would be like the the big mountains there, kind of coastal, but the rest is like that mountain range east. All right. But that I goes seed your point. All the way over into like Labrador. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a, you know, it's kind of interesting. They've got some breeding like all the way into like all of fucking de- tech, like some of Texas has breeding yeah, and almost grounds. all of New Mexico. Right. Almost all of New Mexico. Which is, and like all the way, basically, there's a line on the border of New Mexico and Mexico. <laughs> what, what's going on with the extreme southern part of Iowa and northern Missouri? Where they're just like, 
Nothing. Nothing. There's like a big white yeah. spot. <laughs> and then look at that. Look at that. There's even a little bit of breeding going on in James Bay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would not have thought that. Fuck, dude. I guess this means I don't know everything about ducks and geese. What's cool? Hey, check you check this out. Okay, here's what's here's what's even trippier. It's cool that they're non-breeding, and I assume that means like uh, wintering areas too. I don't know why it says that. We might be looking at different. I'm on all about birds right now. Um, yeah, me too. Is in northern South America, right? It wraps around. We see that darker blue that goes even further south and east. That's Year round, so they have a year round population down there in southern Louisiana, southern Texas, like <laughs> south, and then of, south the, America. And then, and then there is, yeah, year round populations in South America, too. Like, it definitely goes through all of the um Caribbean, all of Mexico, except for a small little part, probably mountains. Look at the one little blue dot way south, and I don't unfortunately, oh, yeah, don't know what country that is, Peru. Is that Peru? Could be. No, it's not far enough south, is it? It might be. I could. I need to just. Show no, that's up. not far enough south. My Peru's ignorance like is showing. Peru's like the furthest south one. Dude, I'm retarded. <laughs> it, dude, it was Peru. Oh, nice, nice work, buddy. I was thinking of Chile as the farthest south one, so I was still wrong on one of the things I said. Peru, but yeah, okay. there's that little blue dot. Is that year round? Yeah. Yep. It is. I'm gonna look at where the fuck. Th- that oh is. wait, right no, it might not be. That might be non-breeding. It's really hard because it's just a little dot. I can't tell if it's the dark blue or the light blue. Okay, so that is This right. is a great audio podcast, by the way. <laughs> Everybody go to All About Birds and the... Just Nobody's going there, dude. Pull up it's the blue wing maps. Here. I know. Okay, that's probably in the Reserva Nacional Pacaya Samaria. And there's probably more down there. They're just... That's the only place that reported it because it's fucking Peru and they probably don't give a shit yeah, maybe that's so gross they, generalization I'm looking play, at but... I'm looking at it right now looking at the pictures of it it's definitely like a big uh, swampy uh, huge swampy marshland and they probably just have blueing teal that they see there hmm. it's a national park in Peru it's a vast area of Amazonian jungle and floodable forest in northeastern Peru bordered by Mararon and Yucaila River is known for its biodiversity. Do you like how I say it? Like yeah, I've, proper I've, well, I feel like you're getting. I wonder why. I wonder why you're getting that. Down. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, that's a very interesting. It's all it, dude. Blue winged teal is one of the most interesting species. It's one of the most delicious species. If I could die and come back as any duck, it would definitely be a blue winged teal. You know what? So that time that I did um, shoot a bunch of blue winged teal, brought them back and ate them up. Um, they were the ones that I had were as fishy as some divers that I've shot. It was really? weird. Yeah, was, I was surprised. I was like, "Why are these so strong?" I mean, I still ate them. I still liked them, but it was like I wasn't expecting that. Like the the blue and teal I brought back from uh, White Lake Conservation Area, Southern Louisiana, from September 13th were as fat as some late-season honkers I've shot. Like, they literally had a quarter-inch of fat on their body. Yeah, I've shot some pretty fatty ones, even in Minnesota here before. Yeah, they're just, like, fat as shit. Mm-hmm. Like, man, they are living their best life. Dude, these birds are fat as hell. They're uh, hanging out in the Caribbean and Mexico and northern South America their whole lives. 
like these mallards sitting on an ice hole, like in Minnesota and Iowa and the middle of winter. Gross. Gross. They are doing it wrong. Eating in some cornfield. These things are going and dodging alligators and stuff down south, eating that good food. Yeah, I don't know what their primary diet is. Where you see them, I'm guessing it's just like a lot of invertebrates. You know, they sit there and they're dabbling in the shallow, shallow yeah, exactly. waters. Probably a lot of like vegetation and fresh so, vegetation. And they they ain't afraid to fly to go get it either. Like they know where the good groceries are. Well, one thing I, I have kept in the back of my mind, I was out um, in western Minnesota hunting one time. And, you know, as you usually do, you set up on the, like, the non-windy side of the lake, right? That's pretty stereotypical duck 101. Whether it's the right move or not, that's generally what everybody does. And this was pretty early in my duck hunting career. But it was a really windy day, and we didn't really have much going on. And then, you know, it was a, wasn't a great hunt. We packed up, and we're driving around. And on the same body of water we were just on, all of the ducks were on the windy side of the lake, and it was just loaded with teal. And what it was is all the waves that were crashing in on the like shallow part of that lake, I'm they're just in there feeding like mad. And I'm guessing all that waves was crashing and bringing up all the invertebrates that were down in the rocks or in the sand or in the whatever, and all that shit yeah, was just turned food. up. So yeah, it piles on the side of the you know, where the wind is blowing. So my thought was, okay, if I if I if we're in a weather pattern like that where I know it's really windy or it's been windy let's say it's been windy for a couple days or it blew all through the night instead of your conventional logic of setting up on the non-windy side set up with the wind right in your face or uh at least a crossing shot where they're going to be feeding in that shit because they when i watched them like they went in with reckless abandon too it wasn't like they circled around a bunch of time they went there to eat and I'm guessing they're not used to getting shot at right there either because, you know, nobody ever sets up in the wind. I mean, they just – they didn't they didn't circle. They made not even one pass. They beeline straight there and put down and, like, immediately started eating. I don't think Blue and Teal either are used to being shot at. I don't think hardly any of them get shot at ever. Well, I mean, they do because they make up a large part of our bag, but – I mean – I think most targeted maybe. I think not. a high I, I think a high percentage of blue wing teals escape the lower the lower forty eight before hunting seasons even start. I believe that to be a true statement. Well wait I said most, but there is a real number and I wonder I do wonder what it is. I I'm probably not right when I say most, but there's a shitload, I bet, you know. There's some number where like they escape the lower forty eight before hunting season and maybe Maybe one day in Mexico, that pile of corn they keep going to every day, somebody shoots them at it. Sure. You don't see too many in fields, though. They never feed in fields. Yeah. I don't know. There's only four species of ducks, and five species of ducks I know that feed in fields. Mallards, black ducks, pintails, wood ducks, widgets. It's the only five opportunities you have for field hunting for ducks. I have to throw one asterisk in there because in one spring out chasing snow geese we had a flock of redheads land in the cornfield and feed i have had that happen too when it's sheet water like when in the springtime like there's big water that's still frozen and then like the dirt will warm up some of the water in fields you'll see a lot of weird ducks going to sheet water in fields 
or landing in fields looking for sheet water. It, yeah. I don't know if they're necessarily coming out there to feed. It was like, well, I watched. They can't them really feed. walk around. No, it was hilarious. That was like what stuck out in my mind is like they were legitimately eating corn or looking for it at least, and it's hilarious watching them try to walk on land, much less in a cornfield where there's stubble. They're fall. They take like one step, fall over, take one step, and fall over. Now they're only like on the ground for maybe one solid minute, and then they flew away. But it wasn't sheet water. It was just there was a pond right behind us. They came off of that pond and then literally landed in the field, fed like super quick, and then bolted out of there. But it was I was laughing in my layup lines. It was hilarious watching this thing fall over. But that's they, pretty cool, actually. It, it was. I guess that's. I wish I, I would have had video instances. rolling. Two instances today where we found out that I don't know everything about ducks. <laughs> they are so vast that uh, you can, you know, there's always something to learn. I guess is what I'm trying to say. You're never going to know everything, which is what which is what is keeps us going, right? I mean, that's for me. It's like, I, it, how boring would it be if you literally did know everything? You would stop looking into it. You're like, okay, I know. I, why even read this? I already know it. What would be the point? I want to look for, all right, we're going for this one. We'll see if this is any, that's the same damn article. I'm trying to find tips for hunting early teal. Early teal tips. How to early hunt Minnesota teal. Oh, this is the pioneer press. Are they even going to let me if, read if, this? You know what? People should go teal hunting if nothing else, just to piss off Dennis Anderson. Oh, that's a good call. Good call. Just go out there, shoot a tail, shoot a teal, fuck. Shoot a teal and then put it up on uh, put it up on Instagram. Hashtag killed for Dennis. Oh, this is great. I actually am down for this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tr- everybody troll Dennis Anderson. I think this is an amazing <laughs> idea. This is one of the best How ideas could, you've ever had. What's the hashtag gonna be? Um Teal Hunt for Dennis. Teal Teal for Dennis? I don't know. I don't know. Me, it's a good idea, but me, you, well, I'm not going to be in Minnesota. You and our 11 listeners are yeah. going to make that big of an impact. Well, you know, it'd still be funny. I I'm did gonna... actually meet quite a few listeners uh, um, at Game Fair. It was a good time. Yeah, I think there's more than we think there are, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> to be honest. Sometimes I feel like there's more uh, for this show than other shows that have sponsors. It's possible. Well, we did. I did talk to the um, the uh, Honker Podcast guys when I was down there. They were hanging out. Oh, oh I think in yeah. the same booth you were. At. Yeah, in the uh, yeah, Plyways booth. Jeff, Jeff and Andy. Yeah, yep. the big Honker Podcast. I really like Andy. Yeah, I didn't recognize the the, the <laughs> I didn't recognize the one guy's voice. But I did recognize. Uh, I don't know their names, unfortunately, like face to names. Um, but the guy, the other guy, has like the deeper voice. He's the one that cracks most of the jokes. As soon as he started talking, I'm like, oh, I recognize that voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was hilarious there, too, because he was just clowning out that one guy in front of that hot chick. It was hilarious. My, oh, you were there when Mikey was getting <laughs> made ro- fun of? Poor Mikey. Roasted. Uh, and he said, Mikey, you could tell Mikey didn't like that. And I was like, fucking chill out, bro. I, Holy I think he, fuck. I think he liked it a little because he was getting some attention. And he was getting attention from the hot girl, so it was kind of working. If, if he if Mike would have played his cards better, I think that would have actually worked out in his favor. 
She was she was Maybe. she was vibing on it there for a hot second, and then I think he ruined it. But Maybe. God, God bless him. But he, yeah, he was yeah. um, he was going hard in the paint after him. <laughs> he was yeah, no shit. he was not letting up. <laughs> I know. I was trying to get weirded out by it. <laughs> it was what was what was funny. I thought is that um, I, I think that dude could legitimately be a stand-up comic if he wanted to do that because it was like his timing and the way he flowed was like really good. Like just when you thought he was actually backing off, he was literally setting up for another dig, and it was. It was pretty masterful, actually. I was, I was impressed. Um, yeah, but, but yeah. my mind kind of works that way too. So, guys, the guy's great at being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes natural. <laughs> yeah, it comes very natural to the guy. What I also thought was funny is I was kind of ripping on the 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 other guy, the first guy I met, and I think it's Andy. Is he the one with the low, the the higher pitch voice? Yeah. Yeah without knowing it was Andy. And I'm like, hey, who's the guy that's always complaining about cold weather and snakes? <laughs> and then I put it two and two together after the fact. I'm like, oh, it's him. Shit. <laughs> Open mouth, insert foot. <clears throat> but that's a legitimate beef I do have with him, though. A lot, a lot of right. their podcasts end up whining about stuff, it seems like. Well, then I was ripping on the other dude for not liking to eat geese. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Did we make up for it yet? Did we make up for our bad podcast? I think so. I think this one. This one was. I'm. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I uh, I checked our Google Drive uh, this morning and saw that the fucking recording wasn't in there again. (sighs) Should we do a real? Should we do a real time check of Google Drive on my end? No, dude. I'll be. I'm so. No, no. This is. This is. I opened up. I opened up my MacBook Pro. uh, This is gold. A couple few weeks ago, and it was like we've moved Google Drive, like in your Finder app or something. Dude, I bare I barely know how to operate this goddamn MacBook. Mm. Like, I'm so what a waste of money it was for me to have this thing. Waterfall. And they're like, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I guess Google is in a different location. That's fine, and nothing has uploaded to it since. So, <sighs> Nick Johnson moved 21 items to the trash on August 10th. That's the last activity I have on our Google Drive. Yeah, and, and a I, waterfall I, Wednesday I click, drive. I put click export Google Drive waterfall Wednesday export, and Is it that, said exporting. Does this mean like, I'm gonna have to right. use this crappy phone audio? I think it means we're gonna have to figure something out. I do oh. not want this phone audio going on a podcast, dude. It's just it's fucking unlistenable. <laughs> well, people clearly still listen, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I hate why it. isn't like, it? Do we have to just maybe try a new folder? I think I'm. I think I, we might have to. I might have to get you involved in my iCloud drive. I don't know how that works. I mean, I'm I don't as, either. I'm we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to it out. Here's what I know on my storage on my end. I have 16.56 gigabytes of 100 gigabytes used in my cloud storage. So we got plenty. I even gave end. Google 50 cents yesterday. Those dirty bastards. Storage. <laughs> Those dirty bastards. Oh my god. All right, well this podcast has been brought to you by absolutely nobody because we're completely unworthy of sponsorship. Boss and we ammunition. don't sell we don't sell ten dollar sponsorships. You come at us with some money and we'll fucking tell about people about your products. True story. That's a true story. And I ain't doing nine minutes of advertising before a fucking podcast, so somebody has to go plus 30 seconds plus 30 seconds plus 30 seconds plus 30 seconds till they hear the fucking intro yep. music we ain't doing that either honestly I, and i 100 percent agree so here's here's our pitch to any would-be uh advertisers out there if you want to be a sponsor of 
the Full Scale Outdoors podcast, Waterfall Wednesday, we're looking for a marquee sponsor. It's gonna be like one and done, like one major sponsor. But that means you gotta foot you gotta foot the bill for like instead of having twelve minutes of sponsors, it's just gonna be you. But we need the we need the value of twelve sponsors. <laughs> so we're right. probably gonna remain sponsorless because of that deal. But honestly, I I, I don't. There's a reason I haven't gone out and tried to find actual sponsors because I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that podcast that has 12 minutes of ads in front. That sucks. Yeah, I don't either. As yeah. a as a consumer of podcasts, I hate that. So, if, I do too. If you want to, and be, I kind of like, you know what else I like about our podcast? I think me and you have a good rapport together, and we make a good show. And I then, like to think so. Sometimes. Well, and you do recap and rants. Those are all solos, aren't they? Yes. I feel like having a podcast host is a good platform. Like if somebody wants to have guests, guests do not always make good podcasts. Not always. Because like you're always playing like, so tell oh. us about yourself. You that, know, like they don't, there's nothing personal. That is the dance is getting people to kind of crack out of their shell. I'd like to think I'm decent at it of like getting away from the straight Q and a and actually like getting them to let their guard down and just have a conversation, which is honestly why a lot of times I just, I don't, I just hit record because if when people, when you tell people they're recording, they change and they clam up. If you just start talking and you've been recording the whole time, it flows a lot easier, which is why I do that. Who do you think would make a good sponsor of the podcast? Since we're looking for like a one well, we're not looking. What we would prefer in our perfect world utopia is that one sugar daddy to come around and say, hey, you should have me be the sponsor of that podcast, and here's a shitload of money. I mean, So let's just – I would think like somebody like Final Approach or Tangle Free yeah. or maybe even like Rogers Sporting Goods the, or the, Presley's Outdoors, something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's a there's – a, there is one issue when you get so big, those guys have their own podcast now. A lot of people have their own, like a lot of companies have their own, like Cabela's podcast, and they put out like one every three months, but they have like their own. So they don't really They, they have it for now. Yeah, you they don't really quit, sponsor dude. for other people. Here's the thing. Here's the other pitch. We've been doing this for three years. I almost have 300 episodes, and we are getting really close. And we need to talk about this, Nick. We're re- getting really close to our 100th Waterfall Wednesday. Right. I feel like we need to do something cool for that. So you're saying I should bring my podcast equipment to Canada? Well, I was going to so tell you well, doing this. for sure we need to do that. And even if, yeah, you, do, even to... if you do some of your solo ones up there, because I have yeah, had sure. – we joked about it a little bit you know, a few episodes ago, but I have had good um, feedback of people do like your solo ones, and I don't know if that's a – a shot at me and I'm totally fine with it if it is <laughs> but they do like your solo episodes so yeah somebody actually messaged me today and or maybe yesterday and said I like it I like the keeping tabs episodes yeah he those goes, ones are fun said, I like those he said I I don't know how you find half the shit you find and I'll tell you how I find <laughs> half the shit I find only half though I'm only gonna tell you how I find half the shit I find Google alerts I just have a bunch of Google alerts oh, and every go. day that's a hot I've tip. got my Google I've got my Google Alerts set up as a digest. So, like, every morning at 4 a.m., Google sends me an email, and they're like, it's just one email. I just get one email, and they're like, here's a digest, like, articles that have pinged on your Google Alerts in the last 24 hours. So I get a lot of 
my stuff, I like am posting on my snap stories um, of that. Well, that's the other thing. I think uh, here's the other pitch. So any sponsor for this that wants to do this show, it's not just this show, right? Like you have a, a pretty popular Snapchat platform. Mine's growing. I'm on TikTok now. Um, oh, that's shit. that's growing. Um, so they're across across platforms. You know, my Instagram and all that stuff. Um, you get you get all that network too. So I think Boss would be a good one, just because I've already been yeah. running their logo for over a year. <laughs> <laughs> I told them that too when I talked to them at Game Farm. I'm like, or Game Fair. I'm just like, it's. Uh, because it's I'm lazy and I'm I don't want to redo the graphics, so you're just staying on there. <laughs> <laughs> I basically admitted I'm giving him free advertising. Well, we know um, how lazy you are because those fucking horrible goose calls are still in the <laughs> intro to this podcast. At this point, it's kind of comical to me that it bugs you. Uh, One of these days, you know, me. here's here's what I want. You sent me files of you blowing, which they're great files, obviously, but a uh, blowing a goose call, I should specify. Uh, but it's. I want like I, I like what I like about that one. It was a real that was real hunting audio. So the next time we go hunting together, even if it's just like open the you know make a uh, audio note or whatever, just record like you actually calling to real geese. I think is what I I would use that audio. Well, you know what I like about my audio compared to the one that's that's on there now is mine's good <laughs> well yeah sorry <laughs> sorry joel <laughs> i don't think and it's, i honestly don't think it's terrible it's not i just like hope nobody contest quality no but yeah here's a disclaimer that's not nick j in the beginning can uh, we put the disclaimer in there <laughs> <laughs> that actually could be kind of funny <laughs> just All right, let's end this that's man because now we're just i know but this is fun okay we will end it but uh, all, right. all right, so next for next, sponsored by Boss Ammunition. Everybody, go out, read the whole PDF thing of the survey. Um, we're gonna we'll do a deeper dive next week on that, and then yeah, sponsored by Boss. Thanks, and Boss. Nick Johnson oh, signature and, series Goose Call. See, we do have sponsors. We gotta we gotta hit that one up. So we gotta push. How many stuff. I've sold since Game Fair? Yep. So the Nick J series signature series. Guess how many? Guess how call. many? What? How many you sell? Twelve. How- how many I've sold since Game Fair? Twelve. Six hundred, dude. Dude, holy shit! No, I did not sell six hundred. Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> fucking rich bitch. I I'm trying to make that. Trying to make it seem like it's way more popular than it is. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty cool thing. Everybody go out and buy one. Just to, that's one way you can support this podcast, and at least support Nick. And uh, it's yeah. So there you go. Do that. And the Goose Tech app. I got a webinar coming up tomorrow or Thursday night as well. So. If you're on Goose Tech, you are invited to the webinar, and it's I'm just going to make it like a fireside chat. I saw that uh, – god damn it, now this podcast is getting longer. I saw that <laughs> Corey Loeffler did a uh, goose hunting seminar with Onyx Maps yesterday. Oh, that I did would not be, tune that into would be it, cool. though. No, oh, wouldn't it's fucking Corey Loeffler. It's not Nick Johnson. Well, well true. <laughs> um, that's a true statement. So also find me on TikTok, though. I need to get over the 1,000 followers so I can uh, start going live. And I'll probably do some of those like Q and A fireside chats. I'm also planning on doing some like um, like wild game cooking stuff live. Like I'm just gonna set the camera up. Like all right, tonight seven o'clock, I'm going live, and we're gonna make this dish, and then you can try to cook it along with me. So, but all I right, need buddy, to get over a thousand first to do that. So, 
Excellent. We're All right. It. Yeah, it's this is now. it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>